Hey guys, this is the New Heights Church Podcast, and we just want to welcome you and thank you for joining us today. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Here at New Heights, we exist to love people and point them to Christ. Enjoy today's service. Come on, let's all lift our hands. Father, I'm asking that your people would hear your voice today and not mine. I'm asking your word would shape us, change us, and mold us like only you can. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Please be seated if you can. If not, stand up. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Do you love our worship team at all? Aren't you glad they're, they're they're full of talent, but they're also just worshiping the Lord? I've been places um, and seen radical talent and no oil. And I've, I've been other places and I've seen no talent and lots of oil. And it is amazing when you get them both. All right. Open your Bible to 1 Kings chapter 19. Continuing our series right now on faith and unstable times. See... Society will tell you that everything is going to get better. The Word of God doesn't necessarily say that. It matters who you are. It matters more really whose you are. So everything for you, your future will be greater than your past. Both in this life and the one to come. However, society and the world... The Bible does not indicate that things are indefinitely better before there is a significant change. Uh, Part of that change would be what we believers call the rapture. Everybody say rapture. That's when those of us who are alive and remain are caught up to meet him in the sky. Jesus will come back for us one day. Uh, Jesus himself will come back. He will actually split the eastern sky and he'll put one of his feet on the Mount of Olives and everybody will see him for who he is, Lord. So there's a day coming when everybody will confess that Jesus is Lord. But if you do it now when it's not forced, you are actually a part of a celebration in that time, in that time period. So what I'm saying is the idea of life being more stable indefinitely for, or, or in the world's perspective or a global perspective, or even a national perspective is not really in the Bible. It, it, there's not a, there's not an indefinite, hey, it's just going to be amazing on planet earth. As a matter of fact, the Bible talks like this, it, that good will be called bad and bad will be called good. And that effectively sin will become so rampant, it will be like in the days of Noah. And in the days of Noah, people were just wagging their fists at, and mocking the idea of God. They were certainly mock, mocking God's people uh, uh, which at the time Noah was, was obeying God and, and building a great vessel, uh, of escape for his family. But, but life itself is not necessarily going to be all roses for everybody. And anybody who teaches that, you should be very cautious about what you listen to because that is not what the Bible says. It does say, however, that you and me are like a wheel within a wheel. 
So, so if you look at like a car and driving down the road, the, the rubber part of the car is what catches the nails, right? It's what, it's what has all the problems. But then on the inside of that wheel is a hub, and I've never seen a nail in a hubcap. It's protected from what everybody else is exposed to. So you and me, we are in the world, but we are not of the world. In other words, there are events that are going to take place and the people of God are going to be on some level or another shielded and protected from those events. And if you act like the world, you will get the world's results. But if you act like a son or daughter of God, then you will get the results of the children of God. So that's why we're talking so passionately and so uh, with so much consistency on maintaining your faith in an unstable time because times are not going to be more stable indefinitely. I'm not talking about whether or not there's a Democrat or a Republican in the White House. I'm talking about the Bible is true and there are going to be some tumultuous times in the future. So you got to hone your faith in because... Uh, at this point, there, there, there are places, even in America, where it is against the law to read certain parts of the Bible out loud. I'm not saying that to shock you. I'm just telling you this is not something that's coming. This is here, and it's just going to get worse. Because for a very long time, people, and I believe even to a certain extent mis, misinterpreted or misrepresented, the, the concept of, of saying American, people wanted to make that completely congruent with Christian. Well, if that ever was the case, I don't know. But what I do know is it is not the case now. When you have people in Congress that are speaking so vehemently against Israel, you better pay attention because Israel is the center of the universe and God did not make America before he made Israel. Matter of fact, I've, I've read piles and piles of books on eschatology and otherwise. And anytime anybody has ever said they have, a, they, they have found America in the Bible, it is very, to me, most of the time, it's a stretch. It's hard to find America in the Bible. But you know what you can find on practically every page? Israel. Like Israel can be Israel without us, but we can't be us without Israel. That's our reality. So when, when these things start to culminate and the dominoes start falling, if we ignore that as believers and, and allow all of these fundamentals to, to, to leave, uh, our teaching and our, and our, uh, the root system of, of Christianity, then what we'll have is it, it might not be the generation that you and I are a part of, but it might be that next generation. But the problem is it won't really be their fault. It will be our fault for not instilling in them the fundamental truths of God's holy Bible. I'll just give you a couple uh, real quick because I feel like we're kind of on a tangent now. Uh, one, God defined marriage. Be real careful. Um, and this is not to... This is not to uh, um, like reprimand, don't, don't hear it like that, but, but just be real careful how much you, like, like realize that a lot of people that struggle with that, they just, they literally don't know. And when you say don't know, it could be that the eyes of their understanding are not open yet. 
Their ears are not open. Remember, Jesus talked constantly about eyes to see, ears to hear. So if somebody is struggling in, in those areas or the other, we still have to be the place that they know, not maybe, not think, not hope, but they know they can come to. So we still have to do it. So, so it's got to be love and truth, truth and love. So we can't indefinitely love somebody and not tell them the truth. That's just prolonged cruelty. Because if you just love somebody, just, oh, you know, I just buy their lunch every day and I just love them because I'm never going to, you know, whatever, I don't want to make it awkward. And then they die in a car wreck and burn in hell. Whose fault is it? Is it because you were afraid to take the next step of love, which is to tell the actual truth? And the truth is that God made male and female. God didn't make 15. And again, careful with this. I'm just, I'm just, because we don't want to just celebrate it too much because this is not, this is not venom. Okay. This is, this is actual, this is actually ointment if you'll receive it. God didn't make 15 different pronouns. And I know that's very low hanging fruit in today's society. If you, if you pop off about it one way on one side, everybody will be like, that's right. We can do what we want to do. And there's some truth to that. But then if you pop off on another way, it's like, that's right. Glory to God. It, it almost becomes like a violent thing, right? So we're not trying to become, we're not, we're not trying to be venomous with the Bible. We're just trying to say what the Bible says in love. And so much confusion happens when you perpetuate falsities. So much confusion happens when you perpetuate falsities. Now, we cannot blame the world for uh, putting people that are uh, um, spewing or trying to define or, or make concrete these falsities because the world is actually doing what the world does. Where we ought to have a little bit of a problem is when the body of Christ begins to tolerate falsities from the pulpit or in environments for the sake of love. It is not love if you don't tell somebody the truth. You have to tell somebody the truth. So again, just a couple of things, and, and there's always young ears on a Sunday morning, so I'm, I'm very cautious about that. But, but God made male and female. God said what marriage is. He did. We did not. He did. And so for, for society to change that, that's fine. Nobody, like we ought to fight against it with a vote, but understand the president of the United States doesn't necessarily represent the church of the living God. The, the, the governor of whatever state you go, you're in, the mayor, they don't necessarily do that. The only time that that happens is if we vote in people who represent God, then they represent God, hopefully, then they represent God in those areas. But even then, they're still people. You know, the, 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 the waitress at Denny's is probably just as corrupt as the politician you, 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 you rail against. You just don't know it. They might have put a hair in your taco. Come on, somebody. <laughs> you never know. But what we do know is we've got to be ready. Somebody say ready. ready. You've got to be ready because there are things out there that are... The, the dominoes have already started falling. The ball has already started rolling. The, 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 it's one of those kind of things. The cat's already out of the bag. Things can slow down for a season, but the word of God is true. So if it's going to be like the days of Noah, you just got to know sin is going to be rampant. But the Bible says where sin abounds, 
Grace does much more abound. So grace flows through Jesus and Jesus is on the inside of you and you are on the inside of him. So if grace is not flowing through you, you are actually the stopper in the problem. So grace ought to flow, but at the exact same time, truth has to be there. It's got to be the place where we can, we can stay. And I don't know if balance is the right word because sometimes, think about a kid. A kid sometimes needs way more truth than they need grace. Grace didn't work. They need some doggone truth. I'm not talking about being, being cruel to your children. I'm just saying kids are kids. But at the same time, that same kid might need grace more than they need anything else. One of the things since our kids were little is I do not let my children be embarrassed in front of people. If I can avoid it, I do everything I can to keep them from being embarrassed in front of people or, or otherwise. Or if I'll never let somebody, again, this is in my presence, you know, Crystal and I. But if I'll never let somebody bully them or, or any of that other stuff. But at the exact same time, when they're in, when, when it's a time for correction, I have no problem telling them the truth. This is how it is. This is how it's going to be. You don't have to necessarily, you do have to make a change. But if you don't make a change swiftly, there's going to be some significant consequences. So there's grace in certain areas, but at the same time, you got that truth. Kind of like Jesus is with you, right? Like Jesus has never walked up and called you stupid. Oh, now I'm teaching. Jesus has never called you stupid. God, the father has never looked down on you and said, you're never going to be anything in life. And so if, if he is the example of what a parent should be, there are certain things that should never be in the vocabulary of a, of a parent that is a believer on the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says that we are raising children. You know, I'm from, I'm from East Texas, so bear with me. I just kind of break things down into simple terms. Raise means elevate. You're supposed to elevate your kid, not push your kid down. That's your whole goal is so that when they're 18... You're not scared of the world getting on them. The world is scared of them getting on it. This is what happens when you raise, when you raise children in the fear, the respect, and the admonition of the Lord. When you raise them in the house of God, around the things of God, around the word of God, and, and, and your life doesn't look radically different from a Sunday morning to a Tuesday morning. Where they're trying to figure out, well, which dad is going to show up today? Which mom's going to come home from work today? Which, which mom am I going home to school to? So now they have a, a, a very important thing in a child's life, stability. And so you become a stable force like a tree, a tree. And it's in it. One of the great fundamentals of a tree, if it has any maturity to it, is it's very stable. You become like a tree planted by the river of water. So now you are firmly planted next to the water of the word of God and your children don't have to wonder what type of decision you're going to make. They know, Here's one thing about, about me. And if this is not your story, I'm sorry, but this is my story. Uh, my children, I never, my, my parents, I never wondered if they were going to make the right decision. That was never a question. I wonder if my mom and dad are going to lie to get out of this. Because we've been through some stuff. You serve God, you're going to go through some stuff. I never had to wonder, I wonder if my parents are going to lie about this. I never, I never had a rational thought, even as a child. I wonder if my parents are lying to me now. 
because they just never did that. So there was, there was radical stability in knowing that whatever came from them was going to be a sincere attempt at upright, at holy, at pure, at in line with God's word. So now, and, and again, uh, now for my children, same type thing, sometimes with kids, it's easier to lie to them. This is, is this too much? Is this too honest? Sometimes it's easier to lie to them, but we just refuse. Sometimes it's easier to, to lie to them about something than it is to just tell them the truth. Sometimes it's easier to lie to them and tell them you're going to give them ice cream later when you have no intentions of giving them ice cream later if you think it'll make them shut up. But I promise you that, see, a whip, the reason that a whip pops so loud is it breaks the sound barrier. And your hand, whenever you do it, is not breaking the sound barrier. It just takes all that material a long time to fold out. And then when it finally cracks, it breaks the sound barrier. It makes a loud pop. Whenever you lie to your children, this is all you feel. But what you did is you laid in motion something that's going to crack twice as loud as what you have in your hand. So you can't go through life doing what's easy. You must do what is right no matter what, at any cost. Now, certainly with kids, there, there are certain truths that, that you give them at certain ages. For instance, if it's time to talk about birds and bees, then there's a different level of conversation that goes on at different ages. For their sake. And let me just say this. Do not be hesitant to do that. I'll tell you when to start. You ready? The first, the, the first indication is if you start thinking, you might should start talking about it soon. That's usually the Holy Spirit giving you a clue that you need to have this conversation. When you were a kid, it might not be something that needed to be talked about till till you were 14 or 15. But especially if your children go to school on a regular basis, that's a conversation that you need to have pretty early on. And it's not one conversation. It's a perpetuation of conversations because the first conversation is actually going to open their mind and then they're going to develop questions that they didn't have before. So you got to follow up and follow up and follow up and follow up and follow up. Because if not, you're going to be letting MTV or HBO or somebody else teach your children what God has given you the distinct responsibility and opportunity to teach them. So what happens is, is it, the first indicators, if you start thinking about the next indicators, if they ever ask any question related to birds and bees, if they ever ask any question, that's whenever you know, hey, I need to, I need to have a conversation here. And again, it can be, you know, age appropriate to the best of your ability, to the, to the best of our ability to understand what an age appropriate thing is. But don't shy away from the things that God gave you the responsibility of because everybody who has the responsibility also will be judged based off of what you were responsible for. So God's not going to go and say, MTV, I can't believe you did that. That's already going to happen. MTV is full of the devil. I'm just going to tell you right now. There may be some good stuff that happens on it, but there's so much radical... I don't know if MTV is even a thing anymore, but there's so much radical stuff just in that whole deal. If you look at the top the top music charts right now, and you can't go watch the videos without having to wash your eyeballs with soap, okay? It is filth at the highest level. It is demonically inspired. And then the same people, for the sake of confusion, because they work for the devil, whether they even know it or not, for the sake of confusion, what they do is they go do something so filthy and godless. And then the first thing they say when they get in front of a microphone is, I want to thank God. And I'm going, you don't even know him. 
You're sitting there, you're sitting there leading children in the path of destruction. And then you want to stand up there and thank God. So now everybody thinks you can do whatever you want and thank God. You can't do whatever you want and thank God. The Bible says that people will say, oh, I'm so glad to see you, Jesus. He's going to say, get away from me, you worker of iniquity. You know a tree by its fruit. You know a tree by its fruit. You don't have to sit there and cut a tree down and figure out what kind of tree it is. Christians got so scared of judging people that we stopped judging fruit. I'm not going to judge anybody. That's the Lord Jesus Christ's job. But I can judge fruit. (laughs) That's a watermelon. That's a grape. That's a tomato. (laughs) Got these kids in school. They tell me stuff. It's actually a fruit, Dad. Great. Put in a fruit salad. Tell me how it turns out. (laughs) Make me a tomato pie. Tell me how it turns out. How about a tomato cobbler? That's how I define fruit. Can you put it in a pie? True or false? So if we're going to keep our faith in unstable times, we have to be married to the truth. We have to be married to the truth. Even when the truth is uncomfortable. Even when the truth is uncomfortable in a family unit or an extended family scenario. You still have to hold to the truth. The Gospel of Mark, Jesus makes comments. says, look, there's going to be some stuff you're going to have to give up. But you're never going to give up anything for the kingdom's sake. That he's not going to give you back a hundredfold in this life. But it comes with persecution. So if you're taking notes today, if you're going to maintain your faith in unstable times, you have to understand persecution is part of it. Like everybody's not going to love you. Everybody's not going to agree with you. Everybody's not going to appreciate you. <laughs> there are actually people that are going to lie about you for the sake of lying. My wife helps me this with this. Because somebody says something to me, generally speaking, like, I, I'll believe it. And, and then she's like, well, they could have been, you know, maybe saying something not true. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you think so? She goes, well, I'm not saying for sure, but you got to consider it. Because <laughs> I'll be like, you know, I'll be waiting on, you know, a, a, a meeting or something. And I'm like, they said they were almost here. She's like, well, maybe they weren't. <laughs> I'm like, What? You think? But if you're going to have faith in, in unstable times, you have to understand that persecution comes with it. And the cost for raising your children or your grandchildren or having a hand in it, you have to be willing to give everything every day. You got 18 years before they start adulting where they're supposed to. You got 18 years. Don't let them get 25 and go, I wish I'd have had them in church more often. Don't let them get 25 and go, I wish I would have had pancakes on a Sunday morning to find out what their life was like right then more often. I wish I would have at least, you know, maybe you're going through a season where money's tight. I wish I would at least camped in the backyard. So instead of listening to them talk about what they heard their friends did, now they're talking about what we did. It costs you everything. Jesus 
is the love of God incarnate. And God wanted sons and daughters. And he was willing to pay everything. And if he had to do it again, he would do it daily. And that's what parenting is. It's not, you know what, and and Crystal and I, I'll just tell you this. We've maintained a date night every week since we got married. When, you know, before you have kids, it's like every day, right? But since we had kids, you say, what does that look like? I'll tell you what it looks like. It looks expensive. <laughs> you know, asking somebody to look after our kids, we always want to give them a lot. We want to bless them and, 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 and do that. But, but I'm just saying, like, there's been times, especially in the season of life we're in right now, we just have a lot going on, where it's been a little bit more of a challenge to maintain that. But at the exact same time, you cannot let the raising of your children be subordinate to the relationship you have with some other couples. Your sister and brother-in-law, your brother and sister-in-law, your mother and father-in-law, your parents. Raising your children cannot be subordinate to any other relationship. Here's just a couple more. You guys want me to keep going or you want me to go to First Kings? Some of you are like, first kings, right now, please, praise the Lord. <laughs> if you don't know what that family is like and what their household is like, don't send your kids. You don't need, listen, you don't need a break that bad. You got 18 years. Jesus made the decision, the final decision in the Garden of Gethsemane to be crucified Walking it out was just the follow-up of his decision. He said, Father, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, thou will be done. Here's the deal. 18 years, 36 years, whatever the cost, you have to stop weighing it against how you feel or don't feel. If, if, if your friends uh, are on Facebook and they're acting 14, but they're 35, and you have your kids around that, they're going to think 35-year-olds still go out and tailgate and party and act like an idiot and shake everything they have, even though they're a mother or a father. They're going to think that. They're going to think that's normal. So if you want to raise holy, upright kids, you got, there's nothing wrong with having Facebook and all that, but you can't let Facebook take the place of the good book. So you gotta, you gotta establish some standards. You gotta establish what we talk about, what we don't talk about. You want, when, when your kids are around other people talking some kind of way, you might need to interject and say, Hey, if you don't mind, uh, can we talk about that later? My kids aren't aware of that topic yet. And I want to talk to them about it. Well, President Biden, I tell you what, he can't even walk up a flight of stairs, blah, blah, blah. Hey, if you don't mind, we teach our children to respect the office of the presidency. Can you please stop talking about the president of the United States like that in front of my children? If you want to have a talk with me about politics, I'm happy to do it. But I don't want to set the standard of my children to make them think that you are a disrespectful person. 
because I teach them to respect the office. Well, President Trump's a racist and all these other things, and I tell you what, he should have never done this, should have never done that, held the Bible up, grenades and all this other thing. Can you please stop for just a second? Because we uh, we teach our children to respect the office of the president, and I don't want them to think that you are disrespectful to the office of the president. You want to talk to me about it? You talk to me about it because you're an adult and I'm a adult. But these six-year-olds don't need to be walking in school acting like they can understand the, the radical challenges of the Republican Party and the Democrat Party in the United States of America. It's going to cost you everything. Gonna, it's going to cost you, you changing how it is. It's going to cost changing the, the conversations that you have or don't have. And sometimes it might not be something that you need to address in the moment. But when you get in the car, you have a conversation. You turn the radio off and you say, hey, did you hear them saying that? That was not the way we talk. We are Christians. And baby, Christian means Christ one. Can you hear Jesus in your heart talking like what you just heard? No, sir, I can't hear that. Then that's not how we talk. Because we're Christ ones. And now all of a sudden, instead of being a church that's known for its political party, we're a church that's known for its love for one another. And now you can't keep people out of here. You can't keep the donkeys out. You can't keep the elephants out. You can't keep the independents out. Because instead of standing for something that's going to change next week, we stand on the word of the living God that has not changed and will not change. Talking about a shift that changes every facet of who you are so that you can maintain your faith in unstable times because the Bible doesn't indicate that the world's going to get more stable. It indicates it's going to get less stable. So you got to be ready now. Somebody say now. You got to be ready now to defend your faith, to stand on your faith. And when it comes to your children, you got to understand they are sponges. You ain't got to, you ain't got to tell them to remember something. All you got to do is slip up in front of them. Let you hit your finger with a hammer one time. Let a word come out of your mouth that they hadn't heard. And you're going to be sitting at dinner table and they're going to drop a a Cheerio or a macaroni on the floor and they're going to go bleep. (laughs) Now, they they forgot, yes, sir. They forgot, yes, ma'am. They forgot, please and thank you. But bleep was easy to remember. (laughs) They're sponges. So what you, what you do around your children matters, matters greatly. So when you're going to have faith in unstable times, you've got to create a stable environment. That's what your house is supposed to be, your home. It's supposed to be a sanctuary where all hell may have broken loose in their life all day long, but they know when I cross that threshold, I'm going to walk into a place that is safe for me. One of, the, one, of the, one of the greatest challenges that children have and oftentimes it plagues them into their adult life and it happens to almost everybody in some level or another is whenever they received from their parents or a relative what they should have never received. Because kids innately trust their parents. And we got to be very careful as parents that we don't misuse that or ignore that at a level for the sake of a short a short time frame of comfort if you need to tell them the truth you tell them the truth but you absolutely never tell them a lie and you tell them I would never lie to you and then you never lie to them (laughs) ever if you're not going to Chuck E. Cheese don't tell them just so they'll stop crying because 
if you think they won't, they're putting all this together. And I'm going to tell you something else. They need to do it because you said it. I almost feel like I need a chair. Don't get me one. But I almost feel like I need a chair for this next part. They need to do what you said to do because you said to do it. So stop negotiating every decision with your children. If you go to bed tomorrow, I will give you an ice cream. If you stop crying, I'll give you a lollipop. If you will stop disrespecting your mother, I will give you your cell phone back. Stop negotiating correct and make correct be required. Somebody say why. Because God's going to tell them to do stuff. And if you don't teach them how to do what their mother or their father said because their mother or their father said it, how will they ever do what their father said just because he said it? See, when God speaks, there's only two options, obedience and disobedience. And delayed obedience is disobedience. So if every time, what do you want God to do? Okay, I want you to quit your job and you're going to move to Dallas because I'm building, uh, I'm just, I want you to step out in faith and do it. And you've raised the kid, you've raised the child that only does something if they feel like the negotiation is good enough for them. They're going to sit there and be like, well, what's Dallas going to be like? Why should I quit my job? Why should I start my job? Why should I? Why, 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 why? As if, and then they're going to take a vantage point. They're going to have a vantage point of God as if he has to explain everything. And the problem with God in that regard is you're never going to see all the details if God tells you to do it because God's going to expect you to take a step of faith. And faith actually involves things that you don't know. So you got to start now. Look, maybe you got a little bitty baby and you can start right now. You say, hey, man, this is pretty good. I'm going to work with this. Maybe you got some in that 10, 8, 12, 14, whatever, and you've never heard anything like this. And you want to start making some, some adjustments. Just let me tell you something. Don't go in there and like, like, like act like they're totally wrong. If you honestly have been negotiating with your children their whole life, don't like pull that rug out from under them and act like they're crazy. You built that. You see what I'm saying? Like if, if your kids back talk you, the first thing you need to question, and the answer might not be yes or no, the, the question's yes, the question, you know, it's going to be different for every person. But if your kids back talk you, the first question you got to ask is, am I a smart aleck with my kids? It's called seed. Seed time and harvest. You sow a bunch of smart aleck, rude comments to your kid, and then they pop off to you. You're the one taught them how to communicate. We really lose our mind. Whenever they do it in front of people. What's wrong with you? I can't believe you said that to me. And they're like, that's how you talk to me. You taught me how to talk. If you're going to keep faith in unstable times, you've got to have a stable household. And a stable household is created over time. And a lot of compression. I put $50,000 of dirt under a building I'm building right now. $50,000 of dirt. I said, how much dirt we need? 
They said X amount of loads, like 92 loads or something crazy like that, uh, uh, dump truck, uh, 18 wheelers. I said, oh, cool. I said, what's that sound like? It's like, I don't know, 50,000. I was like, dollars? <laughs> 50,000 K. 50,000 what? 50,000. 50,000 tires? 50,000 seashells? What are we talking about here? If they put all that dirt down, you know what the next thing they did? They took a big machine with a big wheel and they just started rolling it. And it shook. Because having the dirt there wasn't enough, it had to be compressed. Saying it one time, that's a good start. But it takes some consistency to get some compression. They didn't roll over it once. They just went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. So if you want some peace in your house, you're going to have to speak peace in and over your kids. And again, if you don't communicate that way and you would like to see the change, you can't go and go crazy on them today and be like, let me tell you how it's going to be. Because you said this to me, you got to get honest with yourself. What seed did I sow? And first off, now I just got to, because because you got kind of two options. You're going to have to kind of uproot some stuff gently when you have the opportunity. Uh, or B, you're going to have to plant what you want to grow. doesn't look like anybody in here is dead, so you got some more time. This make sense? Faith in unstable times. This is for your marriage, too. You can't talk any kind of way to your wife and act like you're going to have the best of your wife. You can't talk any kind of way to your husband and act like you're going to have the best version of your husband. If every time you talk to him and he knows you're rolling your eyes without looking at him, you should change how you talk. Like you, you got married and are a team, right? You're supposed to be you two versus the world. Not you and the world versus him. Not you and the world versus her. Not your opinion and all your coworkers' opinions about her. You can, you can talk yourself out of love. Did you know that? You can talk yourself out of the best thing God ever gave you. Because you, because you disrespect it. You disrespect the covenant. You disrespect the anointing that's on a couple. You don't invite Jesus in your marriage. And then you're trying to figure out, well, why are we unstable? Well, a, 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 two, a, a, a stool with two legs won't stand. The Bible says a three-strand cord is not easily broken. It's supposed to be you, him, and Jesus. Every camera sits on a tripod. They don't sit on a quad pod or a bipod. Because if you have three points, it never wobbles. Four, if one leg is too short, you'll have wobble. Three, one can be a little longer than the other, and you'll have seasons like that, where one person is just thriving and the other person just needs a little pick-me-up. But a three-leg stool, a tripod, never wobbles. That's why we put multi-thousand-dollar cameras on them. Because they don't wobble. If you don't have Jesus in the marriage in your marriage you're missing one of the legs of the three strand cord that god said is not easy to break so you gotta you gotta you gotta prepare to have faith in these unstable times and you can't act like it's 1985 
You can't act like it's 1995. You can't act like it's 2005. No, the day is the the day and the time is now, and you got to act like it's now, and you got to realize you got too much to do to be living like the world, talking like the world, walking like the world. Somebody's got to change. Listen, we're not over here to build a church. We're over here to build the kingdom. The church is a byproduct of the kingdom expanding. live your life and think that it's going to get stable in the moment you got to prepare now we didn't start building that 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 they call it a pad that goes underneath the concrete we didn't start building that the day the concrete showed up we had to prepare that before we could even put a foundation on it it's the same thing in your life you gotta you gotta prepare every day every day i dare you this week I dare you this week to just go and, and say, okay, Tuesday night, we're going to get together as a family. And if it's just you and her, you and him, Tuesday night, we're going to get together, just me and you. Come on, we're going to eat Chick-fil-A. It's going to be great. We're going we're gonna to get a deck of cards and we're going to play Go Fish. You'd be shocked at how much your kids will talk to you if you talk to your kids almost too much <laughs> I can tell you how to stop it put on a, a sing-along song that can wear on you too my kids they all play instruments and sing you know so my house always sounds like church and I love church sometimes I just want to walk in there and go stop worshiping God <laughs> I don't. I just bite that lid. Oh, pray to the Lord. Glory to God. Work it out. Then we got, we brought, you know, we have a great worship team and uh, they, have a, they have like training on Tuesdays. And so Michael taught them some voice exercises. Michael, you want to come up here and sing those exercises for us? He's nowhere near. His brother's out of here. But let, let me just say what they sound like. They sound like a hyena that's happy about finding something in Africa. One of them is like, yep. I thought something was wrong the other morning. I was in, I was getting dressed for church a couple weeks ago. And all of a sudden I hear one of my kids outside. Just, yep. It's six o'clock in the morning. I swing the door open. I say, everything okay? Haley said, just stretching my vocal cords. I text Michael. Thanks, bruh. Because sometimes what it takes to sound like this doesn't sound like this when it's getting built. When you have your children in public, it is showtime. Now it's time to show everything you have worked on at home. In public is not the time to act like you're the world's greatest mom when you aren't even acting like a mom at home. When you walk into Target and somebody's got two kids that are climbing up over the 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 aisle and and the the mom is talking in that voice that you know darn good and well they're not talking to their kids they're talking to you while they're talking to their kids and they're saying a bunch of cliche stuff 
to try to act like, I've taught you better than that. You know better than that. And they're trying to defend their lack of parenting at home by saying it loud enough where you hear it while they're talking to their kid. And all they're doing is embarrassing their kid and embarrassing themselves. Stop talking to other people when you're talking to somebody. That's called passive-aggressive controlling. And it's witchcraft according to the Bible. Say what you mean and mean what you say. Say what you mean and mean what you say. Just say what you mean and mean what you say. Do so in love. Do so graciously. But stop trying to act like your attitude is enough for us to understand what you mean. Who made you the poobah? Well, they should have known I wasn't, I wasn't in a good mood. Why should we have known? Why should we have cared? Aren't you glad Jesus didn't do that on the way to the cross? I'll tell you what, they shouldn't be yelling at me like that. I'm out of here. <laughs> Anytime you're feeling some kind of way, I'm going to tell you the secret. You ready? Watch this. Everybody do like this. Take one hand, go like this. Turn it this way. Bend your elbow. Look at your palm. Is there a nail hole? Then it's not that bad. Because if he could endure that for you, don't you think you can endure some stuff so that you can maintain your faith in unstable times, represent the kingdom well, and see the will of God come to pass in your family? Did you receive anything this morning? Can we give God a hand of praise? I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there are a couple of things that I'd love for you to do. Number one, subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episodes will always be in your feed waiting for you, ready when you are. And secondly, follow us on social media. That is the best way to stay up to date on everything happening at New Heights. We look forward to you joining us next time on the New Heights podcast. And if you are ever in the Bryan College Station area, we invite you to come out to New Heights Church for a live service. I promise we'll make you feel right at home.